you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso, and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And believe it or not, the recruiting momentum continues unabated for Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tiger football program. I want to talk about the one thing that actually worries me a little bit. The one thing that I think in 2021 that I think could derail this momentum potentially. But first, let's start on the positive side. And that is, of course, after securing Tulsa transfer, a Caleb Evans, four star, former you know four-star caliber type player. I think he was a two-star in high school, but now he's like a four-star caliber actual player, right? And that's what you want. But on top of that, now... Eli Drinkwitz flipped another cornerback into his fold. Now, Marcus Scott, who is in the fold for LSU. And here's the deal. LSU gets a lot of four-star cornerbacks. That's kind of that's kind of par for the course for the LSU Tigers. But for the Missouri Tigers to get this caliber of player in the defensive backfield once again, this level of talent from high school, Really, it's pretty unprecedented for Missouri. This just does not happen all that often. Now, Marcus Scott, definitely on the skinnier side at 170 pounds, but at six foot two, yes, yet another tall cornerback on this roster. I got to say, he's got plenty of room to grow into his body. And, you know, this whole trend of Eli preferring, clearly in his whole staff, preferring a, a bigger, more physical style corner, I think that makes even more sense this coming season under Steve Wilkes in this zone scheme where, quite honestly, you're going to have to help out much more in the running game and make some tackles around the line of scrimmage, much more so than in, say, Ryan Walter's more man-to-man scheme where a lot of times the cornerbacks have their backs to the line of scrimmage, their backs to the football, and they're just in pass coverage. So the idea that we're getting some corners who'd like to hit, I got to love that. Now, another thing to note is that Marcus Scott's commitment really kind of came out of nowhere yesterday. And in fact, I was somewhat expecting a corner to commit yesterday, but it wasn't Marcus Scott. No, I was expecting quite possibly that Allie Green, who is a teammate of a Caleb Evans at Tulsa last season before entering his name into the transfer portal. Well, Green was supposed to announce at 7 p.m. yesterday on Instagram what he was going to do with his college future, but, well, perhaps Marcus Scott may have stolen his thunder a little bit, and he's, it seems like he's delaying his announcement. Now, the question is pretty obvious to me. Is this just a delay by Allie Green, or now that Scott is in the fold, does this actually does this affect Green's decision in some way? Or frankly, I would suspect not. I would suspect it's more the former than the latter because, well, Marcus Scott is going to be a true freshman in 2022, whereas Allie Green is a guy who potentially could play this fall for the Tigers. So I don't know that those two things have a lot to do with each other other than just timing the timing of the announcement and maybe both guys want to have a little bit of spotlight now I don't want to be repetitive here but once again 
what Eli Drinkwitz is doing right now at Missouri is unprecedented, and it's really astonishing just on the recruiting trail alone. Once again, when do you remember a time when Missouri was flipping four-star cornerbacks from the LSU Tigers? When did that ever happen previously? There just aren't a lot of examples of that stuff. Yes, Jeremy Macklin was famously flipped by Gary Pinkle and his staff from Oklahoma to Missouri, but that is very much the exception. And just the amount of four-star players that Drinkwitz and company are bringing in, it's just not, I don't see how anybody could have seen this coming. So here's what we need to do as fans to keep this momentum going. We need to sell out the first game of this season. Now listen, I get it. It's September 4th, that opener against Central Michigan at 3 o'clock. It's probably going to be a really hot game. And it's not exactly the most appealing opening opponent you could possibly imagine. But you know what? Central Michigan is a Division I team. They're an FBS team, I should say. And the deal is, Missouri fans... Once again, you're seeing an unprecedented level of football recruiting right now. If Missouri can keep this momentum going, the results will eventually be there. But here's what Missouri fans can't do. We can't have 52,000 people at the first game. We can't have 10,000 empty seats in week one. We just can't do that. And I understand how Missouri fans are. I really do. They take this show-me-state thing a little bit too far sometimes. And in fact, a guy who's a guy I like, by the way, a guy in an email thread, we talk about Mizzou all the time, he wanted to pump the brakes on all the Eli hype a little bit and said, let's see some 10-win seasons first before we start crowning the guy, essentially. You know what? I'm sorry. That, that kind of got my goat a little bit. Because, frankly, who needs this opinion? You sound like every single person who said that Michael Jordan or Peyton Manning couldn't win the big one, for instance. Remember all those people who said that, ah, that Peyton Manning, he's a great player, but he can't win the big one. And then suddenly he did win the big one, and all of those questions just went away. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you're going to wait around, if all of you sort of Mizzou fans who are on the fence, if you're going to wait around for Eli to actually have a 10-win season before you go to a game, before you get season tickets, well, by then it's going to be too late. You're going to be on a waiting list for season tickets at that point. And quite honestly, again, who needs this person? This is not how real life works. All of us have to project forward, whether you're in football, whether you're in finance, or you're just, or you have a regular nine to five job that has a fairly stable salary. You think, okay, I know what my, I'm going to make a year from now. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't, because here's the thing, times change and we all have to project forward in terms of our needs, our wants, and our expectations. So this idea that, well, let's wait around and see some 10-win seasons before we start praising Eli Drinkwitz, I'm sorry, that is an utterly worthless opinion, and it's also the type of attitude that Missouri fans need to get rid of. Stop waiting around for something to hop on the bandwagon until something great happens. No, it's happening right now. The brew is being made. The cauldron is being, is being stewed. It's all happening. This chemistry, it's, it's all going to work, I promise. 
But Missouri fans, I'm telling you, that is maybe Eli Drinkwitz's biggest biggest obstacle right now because if we suddenly just decide, ah, eh, you know, 52,000, that's about good enough, that's not going to be good enough. We got to sell out this season. We have to. And by the way, my previous episode when I talked about the proposed 12-team college football playoff, well, there were some important details that I, I didn't get to that I want to get to in this next segment without question. But first, did you know that over at betonline.ag that Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz have the second best odds currently to win the NBA championship at plus 325? The Brooklyn Nets are your leaders at plus 230. And I got to say, that's a pretty astonishingly low number for the Jazz. That makes me actually imagine a world in which Quinn Snyder could be hoisting the Larry O'Brien Trophy. How would you all feel as Missouri fans if you saw Quinn actually being an NBA championship? I got to say I would have some some mixed emotions on that, but most most of all I'd be happy for Quinn for sure. But you know what? No matter who you like in the NBA, whether it's the Jazz, the Nets, the Suns, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Clippers, or even the Atlanta Hawks at 100 to 1 to win the championship, really? Wow, that seems pretty high. Or is that 10 to 1? Am I reading that wrong? Well, regardless, check it out yourself at betonline.ag, where if you sign up today, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on whatever you buy in for on your first deposit when you use that promo code locked on. So, again, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on at betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, whether we like it or not, it certainly seems like this is the transfer era of college sports. Certainly more transfers than we've ever seen. And quite honestly, I hope this slows down a little bit. Maybe next season in 2022-2023. Maybe once all this COVID stuff is sorted out a little bit more. But I don't know. We'll see with all the extra eligibility, the extra season of eligibility that was rewarded to everyone for all intents and purposes there's going to be a lot to work out here and just for some context if you thought boy it seems like Missouri has even more transfers than everybody else well you're kind of right just for again some context here among power five schools Missouri is in fact tied for fourth in the entire country since last October with 20 players entering the transfer portal Only Kansas and Michigan State with 22 and Tennessee with 25 have more transfer portal players than the Tigers. But clearly the good news is, whether you like this trend or not, Eli Drinkwitz is diving into the transfer portal and coming up with some gems. So as football fans, it's kind of hard to complain. I don't know. I was just thinking about as a Chiefs fan, right? Or maybe you're a, you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Maybe this is an even better example with Aaron Rodgers sort of asking out of Green Bay right now. Essentially, the Packers, if you're just a casual fan, essentially the Packers are the same team every year, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. It's the, it's the same uniforms every year. Emotionally, it might as well be the same team every year. Now, we know in reality there's a tremendous amount of turnover in the NFL every single year. But again, if you're a casual fan, as long as Patrick Mahomes is out there, as long as Aaron Rodgers is out there, it's all basically the same team. 
But basketball is a little bit different. I think it actually does matter who the guys are. I don't think you want guys coming in and out of the door quite as much as maybe football can handle just in terms of the quality of emotion, right? That's something I, I tend to probably prattle on about, about too much, but it does matter. That is why we, we follow this stuff. It's all irrational and it's all emotion-based. And just getting back into the college football, the 12-team playoff conversation, just for a little bit, just again in terms of pure emotion, I think if we really do go with this 12-team playoff, I do think it, it has to lessen the importance of the regular season just a tiny bit. Or at least the idea of every single Saturday is almost a desperation must-win situation. I think, really, I think we will have peaked with the 2007 regular season at that point. I mean, just just for me, obviously, as a Missouri fan, an incredibly memorable season on so many levels. But just as a college football fan, as a guy who was single and moved up to Chicago that ha- that season, that happened to be my first summer in Chicago, my first fall in Chicago, I should say, I spent a lot of Saturdays just on my couch glued to the television because every single week it seemed like something crazy was going to happen. There was some upset, whether it was 42-point underdog Stanford taking down USC at the peak of its powers. There was always something wild happening to the point where, again, obviously you got down to the last game of the regular season, and it was Missouri and Kansas, of all teams, with a shot to be the number one team in the country. So I do genuinely worry that we have peaked with that 2007 football regular season, perhaps, if that's that's really the direction we're going in terms of playoffs. But I will also say another great point Another great thing about that era of football is we were at a great conflict of what Sheldon Richardson famously called old man football versus the spread offense, basically how Missouri wanted to play at the time with lots of lots of shotgun, lots of running out of the shotgun, even in the red zone, which is sometimes effective, sometimes it's not. But back then, you got to remember, teams like LSU and Alabama were still basically playing I-formation, quote-unquote, pro-style football. But now in 2021, now the pros don't even play pro-style football, and even the Alabamas and LSUs of the world are running shotgun on virtually every down. So to me, that whole conflict in that period of, hey, Forget that spread stuff, and we're, we're playing how football should be played, smash mouth and all that. Well, we can see how what won in the long term, but I just thought that was a really interesting period. And frankly, I've been wondering for a couple seasons, what's the next evolution in football? What's the next evolution in a lot of sports? Because for a long time there, you know, in, in basketball, for instance, now everyone wants to play like the Golden State Warriors, spread you out and shoot three-pointers. And now everybody in Major League Baseball, nobody wants to steal bases anymore, right? It's all strikeouts and home runs. It just seems like even something like golf, all everybody swings the same, right? Sports are just getting a little bit homogenous right now, and I'm just curious why that is. Is it, is it all because of advanced statistics? I don't really know, but I am curious in a lot of these sports, where is the next innovation going to come from, especially on the gridiron? What's the next style of offense, for instance, or defense that's going to be effective and sort of take the football world by storm? 
And after this break, this break, excuse me, let's definitely look under a rock and try to find all the details about this potential 12-game playoff that we may not have gotten to previously. But first, I got to tell you about probably our longest and most loyal sponsor, and that is Built Bar. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited-time flavor? Well, when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're certainly passionate about their favorites. And if you don't know them all, well, you're missing out. So go to BuiltBar.com, check out everything that is available. You know what my favorite flavor is? Frankly, anything that has to do with coconut. It's just soft and chewy and satisfying. But regardless, try a mix box. That's my idea where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors and really zero in on what you like. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now, when it comes to this proposed 12-game college football playoff, one thing to keep in mind is this format would not come into effect this season. It likely wouldn't take effect in 2022 either, but in 2023, a 12-team football playoff could certainly be in place, and it's looking, well, pretty likely at this point. Now, one thing I forgot to mention in my previous episode on this topic is that Notre Dame, since they are still technically an independent, even though they played an ACC schedule last year, and I believe half an ACC schedule in 2019, the Fighting Irish would not be eligible for a top four seed ever until they actually join a conference. If they officially join the ACC full time and they win the ACC, well, then they'll be eligible. But Just as a reminder, those top four seeds are exclusively for the top four ranked conference champions by that playoff committee. And frankly, if you're the Fighting Irish, that's a really big deal. We've seen the Irish get in the college football playoff, I believe, twice. So it's certainly not impossible for them to be in the top four. We've seen it pretty recently. So the idea that they would be ineligible for those top four seeds which get a bye in the first round, advance automatically onto the quarterfinals, I got to think that's going to make Notre Dame joining the ACC. That's got to speed up that process, don't you think? If you're the Fighting Irish, I just can't see how you would want to put yourself at that competitive disadvantage. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But one thing's for sure, whether Alabama is in the top four or not, there's almost no chance that in a 12 game playoff with Nick Saban having extended his contract until 2028 by the way I'm going to guess from let's see 23 to 28 when this when this will be happening there's almost no chance that that Alabama is ever outside of the top 12 or Georgia for that matter considering how well they've recruited the past few seasons even at a level higher than Alabama at times so my question for all of you is do we want to see Alabama against Georgia three times in one season because there's a really good chance of that happening anytime those two meet up in the regular season. Obviously an SEC title matchup, very possible. And then in the playoff as well, the further you expand that out, the more likely teams like or Florida and Bama, Florida and LSU, whoever it might be, 
really good chance there could those teams could meet each other three times in one season to me that's just kind of against the spirit of college football not the biggest thing in the world but again just another thing to think about during this whole period of change and just as a reminder today on the locked on today podcast can the clippers follow the milwaukee bucks footsteps and come back from 2-0 to tie the tie the series at two well, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.